The Seahawks are close to having their staff finalized under new head coach Mike McDonald. Which pending free agents could be good fits to reunite with some of the assistants that have been hired by the Seahawks? We'll be diving in in our Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined, as always, by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there, whether you're listening down in Flagstaff, Arizona, or overseas in Norway. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We've got a jam-packed Wednesday episode coming your way. We're going to be tackling some potential free agent targets that have links to the Seahawks' latest assistant coach hirings, and we'll be checking out Kobe Parkinson's chances of returning for a fifth season in 2024. It's a jam-packed episode brought your way by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now for your lead story here on our Wednesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. The Seahawks have yet to officially announce their final coaching staff, but With each passing day, Mike McDonald continues to add new pieces to what looks to be an intriguing staff blending experience and upside, including, as we mentioned yesterday, Josh Bynes, a former player for Mike McDonald, joining the staff as an assistant linebackers coach. And keeping that in mind, we're not very far away from the start of free agency, a little less than four weeks away until free agency kicks off on March 13th. Rob, we do this every year with a handful of coaches, but this year it is especially intriguing because the Seahawks have an entirely new coaching staff. We're going to be taking a look at some free agent fits for various assistants that have either officially been announced or reported to be on Mike McDonald's staff. And I know there's one in particular that you are especially excited to talk about, especially considering Seattle currently does not have a linebacker on the roster with starting experience. Yeah, Corbin, maybe it's low-hanging fruit here, but when the news, or at least the report, broke yesterday that uh, the Seahawks were going to be bringing in Josh Bynes as an assistant linebacker coach, and I think that it was easy to think, well, maybe he would want his former teammate, the linebacker who started alongside him, Patrick Queen, who is one of the uh, you know the splashiest of free agents available out there, um, to perhaps uh, fill in and, and help be that coach coach on the field, so to speak, that the Seahawks might need at the inside linebacker position, given that Bobby Wagner, as we discussed in yesterday's show, Jordan Brooks, and and even uh, the top reserve a year ago, Devin Bush, are all free agents. So the Seahawks are clearly going to be looking for some new blood at the position. Um, and again, because uh, it doesn't take a, an awful lot of, uh, you know, of insight to just suggest the possibility that the, that the Seahawks might want to bring in a player like Patrick who's been a four-year starter since he was a first-round selection right there alongside Jordan Brooks by the Seahawks four years ago. He started every game since then. He's racked up over 100 tackles and, you know, you know, at least his average all 
every year of, of his career. You see the speed, the athletic ability, uh, the the physicality to come up and, and play and, and be as successful as he was um, in the AFC North Division. And again, this is a player that is similar in some ways to say a Jordan Brooks or a Bobby Wagner. He's unlike one of the players that we talked about that Mike McDowell has some experience in coaching back at Michigan, the rookie junior Colson, who again, we talked about is, is a, a big physical guy, 262, 247 pounds. Patrick Queen's more in that six foot, 230 pound range. But again, the sideline to sideline speed, the ability to play back in coverage, considering the pass catchers, not just the running games, but the pass catchers that running back and at tight end that the Seahawks are going to be facing in the NFC West division this year. I think Patrick Queen would make an awful lot of sense. And again, the, the tie that he already has with Mike McDonald, that he already has with Jay Harbaugh, of course, was a special teams coach in Baltimore. And then, of course, with Josh Bynes. Makes an awful lot of sense. Uh, is one of the reasons, or one of the players in free agency that the Seahawks might be looking to target. Switching over to the defensive coordinator, Adam Durday, I will admit there were two or three players on that defensive line that are going to be free agents that immediately stood out to me. And there's a chance Daryl Taylor will not be back. We'll see what they do with him as a restricted free agent. They had injuries that hit the edge rusher position last year, losing a Chetanuos, who obviously was a huge blow. I still think that is a position where they could add another piece. They can get after the quarterback. And who better than to bring in somebody that's really been hiding in the shadow behind Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and has still been a really productive player, and that being Dorrance Armstrong, who previously played at Kansas in his first couple years in the league as a mid-round pick, didn't provide much punch to Dallas's pass rush, but you look at the last couple of seasons since Micah Parsons arrived, still with Demarcus Lawrence, and really this has coincided with Adam Durde coming over as the defensive line coach the last three years. Dorrance Armstrong's last two seasons, he's had seven and a half sacks and eight and a half sacks. Three years in a row, he's had double-digit quarterback hits. And again, we're talking about a player who has not been a starter. He's not been a featured pass rusher. But when he's had his opportunities to play, he has been as efficient as any pass rusher in the NFC. He's still in his mid-20s. So I view Dorrance Armstrong as a player that would be a really fun complimentary piece. He's better at defending the run than I think a lot of people realize. Not a strength necessarily, but he's not a hindrance in that aspect of his game either you know he can get after the quarterback you bring him rotating in behind boy mafe and achenda nuosu teaming him back up with adam Durde, and i think that this has a chance to be a really nice signing that won't break the bank either you know, and that's the thing is that, you know, again, I, I mentioned Patrick Queen here right off the top, and he is expected to get one of the bigger contracts in, in free agency this season. It would be a surprise if Seattle is in position to to make such a, a splashy move. But again, the, the relationship between Mike McDonald, um, Josh Bynes, and Patrick Queen could tip the balance a little bit in Seattle. Seattle's favor. The exact same thing, Armstrong. I, I 100% agree with you, Corbin. He has been overshadowed in Dallas because the, the Cowboys feature two of the best edge rushers and in all purpose edge rushers in all of the NFL. You know, not only very productive against, uh, you know, defending the pass, but in, in run defense as well. And that's one of the things that is so intrigued me about Dirt A for the Seahawks is that you did see some players like a Dorrance Armstrong who were perceived to be a little bit raw coming out of Kansas years ago, um, but has steadily developed 
into a quality all-around football player. I think that he, the NFL teams, of course, are going to recognize the fact that he's got, what, 16 combined sacks over the last couple of seasons. He may get some interesting contract offers himself. But again, the the ties to Durde, the that loyalty, uh, I think could again, tip the favor uh, in Seattle's behalf a little bit this year uh, in free agency. Let's talk about some of the other players. I think if we want to go stay on that defensive side of the ball, then maybe the inside linebacker coach, the, the head inside linebacker coach, Kirk Olivadotti, he's got a player in Eric Wilson that is kind of, again, has been a little bit overshadowed during his time in Green Bay and previously even in his time as a starter with the Minnesota Vikings. But we're talking about a player that obviously understands Olivadotti's system and might be able to play that role of a coach on the field. If the Seahawks cannot lure Patrick Queen to the Emerald City, then maybe they could do the exact same thing here with Eric Wilson, who is a, a good football player in his own right. I don't know that he's a starting uh, or a top-end starter, but at the same time, the Seahawks having no depth right now, at least on the roster at the inside linebacker position, a guy like Wilson might be able to be that starting guy and, let, and, and if you're able to supplement it through uh, the draft or retaining any of your own free agents, it might make that 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 positional group one of the team's strengths rather than the weakness that it currently appears to be. And if you end up spending big bucks to either re-sign Jordan Brooks or bring in somebody like Patrick Queen, you're going to have to go cheap with the rest of your linebackers. And I think Eric Wilson is a veteran, a steady veteran, that obviously Alvadotti knows really well from coaching him in Green Bay. I don't think he's a guy that you're going to have to spend much money to bring him in. And he does have starting experience as a secondary starter, could make some sense, especially if there's a rookie that they are trying to mold that eventually is going to be the starter in that spot. He's a good placeholder at minimum. Real quick, I want to hit on a special teams one. Now, Jay Harbaugh coming from Michigan, it's actually been a long time since he was at Baltimore. That's where he started his coaching track. So he's never coached Patrick Queen, and he's never coached Malik Harrison, former Ohio State Buckeye. He was a rival at the college level. But why do I have that being a pairing here? Because Malik Harrison played for John Harbaugh in Baltimore the last four years. And he's only 25 years old. He was second on the Ravens, really good special teams unit in tackles last year. And I still think this is a kid that could start potentially at some point at linebacker. Again, he's only 25 years old. He has shown flashes when he's had his opportunities. He's been stuck behind Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith the last few years in Baltimore. He's got really good special teams value, but I could also see him playing on defense for the Seahawks at some point. So I think Malik Harrison is a player to keep on the radar, potentially. Maybe Baltimore ends up making him the replacement for Patrick Queen, and they bring him back with a multi-year contract. We don't know how that's going to play out, but I could see him being a player that could make a lot of sense for the Seahawks on multiple fronts that maybe doesn't have a direct relationship with Jay Har Harbaugh, but there's definitely an indirect connection there with John Harbaugh and with Mike McDonald as well that could make that a home run selection in free agency to add that isn't going to break the bank. Up next, we're going to switch gears to the Seahawks' offensive coaches as far as assistants go and which free agents could be the right fit to target in free agency next month. We'll get to that up next here on our Wednesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This episode is brought your way by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins 
Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, such as who's going to make the first basket of the night. Live same-game parlays, including Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, each scoring 25 points in the Warriors' first game of the second half of the season. And exclusive props, such as when King James will score his 40,000th point and much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined, as always, by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there. Thank you for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Mike McDonald's staff is starting to round into form with as many as 14 assistant coaches that have either officially been announced or been reported And with that and free agency coming soon, we are diving into some free agent targets that previously played or had connections with these new assistant coaches that maybe the Seahawks could try to make a run for when the new league year starts on March 13th. We just looked at defensive coaches. Let's switch gears to offense. And Rob, this is another one I know you were really excited about because we are looking at a division rival. You just stole a coach from Sean McVay in Jake Pete who's going to be the pass game coordinator in Seattle, working in conjunction with Ryan Grubb. He was in L.A. the last two years, including their resurgent playoff season a year ago. The Seahawks need offensive line help. So why not take away from the Rams' offensive line and upgrade your own? Yeah, exactly. And you, you mentioned in the tail segment of our last uh, quarter there that uh, about a player that I really liked, Malik Harrison, coming out of college, Dorrance Armstrong, another one that, that we mentioned there, that you just you could see the untapped potential with them. And Kevin Dotson, who has really ascended in the NFL, um, you know, as a, a he played right guard this past season for the Rams. I think that he was a, an underrated part of their success. You know, when, when we started the season, we were talking about Matthew Stafford and Cooper cup and you know, that, that, that potentially high flying Rams offense and what they became, it's kind of a ground and pound team. And I think a big part of that is because of just how physical and how reliable that Kevin Dotson proved to be at that right guard position. Um, he was originally drafted in the fourth round out of Louisiana um, and by the Pittsburgh Steelers, who of course love to run the football, and you know, I when you think about uh, Jake Pete as the the passing game specialist, passing game coordinator here for the Seahawks, he was the passing game specialist for the Rams previously. You know, Kevin Dotson is kind of that traditional run uh, strong run run heavy kind of a, of a guard is, is not the first name that's going to come to your mind. And, you know, the Seahawks have some decisions to make at the guard position. Of course, it's the left guard, Damian Lewis, who is the free agent. You're, you're anticipating that Anthony Bradford is going to remain at that right guard position. But just like how I was kind of swinging for the fences there a moment ago, when I talked about Patrick queen as a possibility for the Seahawks and free agency, I would love for Seattle to bring Damian Lewis back at the left guard position with a palatable contract. If they're not, if they're unable to do so for whatever reason, the team has to reshuffle. Then one of the guards that I think is able to come in and provide the physical presence that I'm sure Mike McDonald wants to reestablish here in Seattle. I think that Kevin Dotson absolutely could be that guy. Again, Jake Pete, Jake Pete, excuse me, and his familiarity with Dotson, I think would be something that might be able to convince him to stay in the NFC West and go against Aaron Donald in games rather just in practice. And you have to remember that Pete's was a running back coach earlier in his NFL career. So he has a run game background, even though he's a passing game 
coordinator in Seattle. He's been an OC at LSU. He's coached running backs. Christian McCaffrey had that phenomenal year in 2019 with him. So he has a versatile background. So it could make sense that he would want a mauling run blocker that, oh, by the way, he's only going to be 26 next season. So he might be expensive to sign a free agency at the same time. It may be well worth that price to bring him in with how well he played for the Rams last season. I'm staying in the offensive line with the next coach here, which is going to be interesting. It's Kennedy Palomalu, the running back coach. So some of our listeners might be wondering, why are you mentioning an offensive lineman? Well, sorry, but Josh Jacobs is not going to be coming to Seattle. The Seahawks don't need him. They have two really good running backs. But what they need, as you mentioned with Kevin Dotson, they need reinforcements in the interior offensive line. And for me, I'm looking at the Raiders' Jermaine Illuminor who has played previously for the Baltimore Ravens when Mike McDonald was on the coaching staff. He started his career in Baltimore, and then he was in New England and started a number of games for Bill Belichick with the Patriots. So he understands how to block in the run game. He's been solid, if not spectacular, in the pass protection aspect in his previous, I believe, seven seasons in the NFL. He's a little bit more seasoned than Kevin Dotson is, but he has started a bunch of games at right tackle. His first year in Las Vegas a few years ago in the 2021 season, he started a number of games at right guard and played at a high level. He's 330 pounds, so he can move people. He's surprisingly nimble for his size. And again, he comes from Baltimore and New England, two of the best teams in the NFL at coaching offensive linemen. So I think that this could be a really fun fit, and I don't think he's going to be an overly expensive player to sign. Had really good blocking grades last year. He's played in a number of really good football teams. So this would be a natural fit to block for the running backs that Kennedy Palomalu is going to be coaching in Seattle. No, I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I love uh, the ver- versatility that Eleanor has, has shown throughout his career. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm also a big fan of Aaron Brewer. Now, Aaron Brewer would be, if he was to join the Seahawks, then he would be, you know, linking back up with the Seattle or Seattle's now quarterback coach and previously the quarterback coach of the Tennessee Titans, uh, Charles London. And I obviously as a quarterback coach, you're going to be focusing on the quarterbacks. You're going to be in previously. He has some experience as the running back coach as well. You know, you're going to be focusing on those skill position players, but for the same reasons that, uh, you know, that the the Seahawks may be going with a Jermaine Illuminor, um, you know, as a, as a possible fit, then they might see Aaron Brewer as a, as a possible fit as well. Um, Charles London may see just the the savvy that a, a player like uh, Brewer showed for Tennessee. This, this is not a big man. He, he's 6'1", 290 pounds, Corb, but it's the positional flexibility that he has demonstrated. He, he became a, a quality young center for the Titans this past season. Previously, a played at the left guard position as well, and it's that Positional flexibility, considering that the Seahawks currently have Damian Lewis again as a free agent. Um, they have their their own center, um, and Evan Brown as a free agent as well. I know that the that the Seahawks drafted, uh, you know, uh, OC from Michigan a a year ago. But at the same time, I think that you want to have some consistency um, and, and somebody who's going to be able to step onto the field and be able to know the offense. Obviously, he doesn't know Ryan Grubb's offense at this point, but the fact that he would know Charles London's scheme, I think, uh, is a squad that, of course, love to run the football, just like the Raiders, just like the uh, like the Rams we talked about a moment ago. That's why I think that Darren Brewer would make an awful lot of sense for the Seahawks as well. Again, as a player that you're not going to have to break the bank to, to bring to the Seahawks. 
I'm going to go back to special teams one more time because Devin Fitzsimmons is a coach that I've heard nothing but great things about from a number of players in the Seahawks that have played for him before. He has been with a number of teams, but he's had great special teams units everywhere he's been. Even though he has just been an assistant, he's never actually been a coordinator in the NFL. He still had a big part in that success. And one player that ended up playing more special teams for the Carolina Panthers last year than I think he thought he was going to and saw a reduced role on defense was Jeremy Chin. And you mentioned swinging for the fences with Patrick Queen. This is my home run swing here. Jeremy Chin is only going to be 26 years old next season. He's a former second-round pick out of Southern Illinois, so an FCS product that finished second in Rookie of the Year balloting four years ago. He had two defensive interceptions returned for touchdowns in that rookie season. His first two years, this kid looked like a superstar waiting to happen. And then the last two years, I think the instability in Carolina, the coaching changes, and just being on a team that isn't good. I think that this has set him back development-wise, and oddly his play suffered last year. He's had a few minor injuries sprinkled in there as well, but this guy is 6'3", 220 pounds. He put on a show at the Combine several years back. Phenomenal athlete. I'm not going to say he's Kyle Hamilton because I think Kyle Hamilton is one of one, but this would be a poor man's version of Kyle Hamilton in the sense that he can blitz, he can play in the box, and he can drop back and play as a free safety, which you don't see many 6'3", 220-pound guys that can do. But he's got great ball skills. When he has his coaching in line and he is playing at his best, you can play him all over the field, and he is a schematically flexible player. The fact that he only started eight games last year and his value is rock bottom compared to what it has been, I think that this is one of those players that Jamal Adams is truly going to be gone. This guy comes in as the replacement for him as a true do-it-all player that can play in the box, can play in the back half. You get him for a reasonable bargain on a one- or two-year deal, and then if he plays up to par what you expect, you can pay more money for him because I think he's a great fit in that Kyle Hamilton-style role in Mike McDonald's defense. So this would be my Patrick Queen version where I think you can save some money at safety. I don't think he's going to break the bank because the last two years have not been as good, but he's still a very young player that I think a change of scenery in this scheme would really be a chance to reignite his career and play the level we saw those first couple years in Carolina. Transitioning to our final segment here on our Wednesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. We have talked about a number of free agents to this point, and one of the players we already covered, Noah Fant, the veteran tight end, He's set to become a free agent. He's not the only tight end that's going to be hitting the market for the Seahawks, though. Now with his rookie deal over, former fourth-round pick Colby Parkinson will be testing free agency. And this is one of the more fascinating second-tier free agents for the Seahawks. He's not going to be mistaken as a star. This isn't Bobby Wagner. This isn't Jordan Brooks, who's had all-pro votes. Injuries early in his career set Colby Parkinson back quite a bit. But the last two years... He has given the Seahawks some splash plays in the passing game, and he's turned into a really solid blocking tight end that can play in line. You still have the big receiver ability in the slot as well. And with him still being a relatively young player, 
maybe I'm in the minority here, but I'm actually more bullish on the idea of bringing Colby Parkinson back than Noah Fant at this stage because I think that all prices considered here, I just feel like the Seahawks have gotten more overall production from Colby Parkinson, and he's roughly the same age. And with him not being a four first-round pick, I could see other teams throwing more money at Noah Fant whereas Parkinson can be a value signing to bring back to Seattle. I hope they could be a value signing um, just because the fact that, as you reference, I mean, this is still a very young man. He's only 25 years old. I mean, that that's, uh, you know, it, it kind of shocked me when I saw that, considering that he's played, of course, for the Seahawks for four years. You mentioned he was a fourth-round pick. He, he signed a, his rookie contract was basically four years for $4 million. Uh, at least Spotrack, one of the, the uh, websites out there that kind of project salaries and things like that, they're projecting that Kobe Parkinson is going to be earning $6.5 million uh, a year from now. And so clearly they believe that some other NFL teams out there are going to be very interested in acquiring the six foot seven, two 265-pound tight end and and i mentioned his size just because of the fact that uh you know when he was first drafted by the seahawks he basically was an oversized wide receiver and he has developed as a run blocker um made massive strides in in that regard and that's one of the reasons why i think that he should be a priority for the seahawks to re-sign at a certain price point um you know one of the reasons why when we talked about in the very first couple of segments of today's show we were trying to line up those free agents out there with some of the special or some of the, the assistant coaches that the Seahawks have acquired. We never mention a single tight end. Well, that's because this is not a fantastic tight end class in terms of free agency. It is an underrated group in terms of the rookie prospects who are available. Still, I think if the Seahawks are able to bring back Kobe Parkinson, and I agree with you hundred percent, Corb. Look, Noah Fant's a good player. And obviously he was one of the big names. And when you ship Russell Wilson out of town, but at the same time, considering where what the, the lack of improvement, frankly, that we have seen from Noah Fant, at least as a blocker, and the significant improvement that we've seen from Kobe Parkinson, the fact that he has flashed at times. Uh, I do think that, again, at a certain price point, he makes an awful, awful lot of sense. But again, as you reference, this has not been a very productive player. I mean, his four seasons, he's got a total of 57 catches for 618 yards and four touchdowns in four seasons. So he shouldn't get that kind of big-time contract offers, but because this year's free agent class is not very good, the tight end class, the, the rookies should be good, but how often are you going to get a guy like a Sam Laporta, who, of course, excelled for the Detroit Lions as a rookie this past season? They're, for every Sam Laporta out there, Corbin, as you well know, there are a lot of guys who get drafted very early that don't have that type of success. The Seahawks already know Kobe Parkinson. They know what a size and leaping – uh, you know, talent that he is, perhaps he could be the guy that winds up popping in Ryan Grubb's offense, as so many other tight ends have in previous stops for the Seattle's new offensive coordinator. And I think that that is the other X factor here. And I mentioned it with Noah Fant, but I'm wondering if Colby Parkinson is ultimately the better fit for Ryan Grubb's scheme. And I know this was a very pass heavy offense at Washington. But you still look at the numbers that Jack Westover and Devin Colt put up in the passing game, and Westover in particular was a plus run blocker in that offense, opening things up for Dylan Johnson. I'm just wondering at this point, Colby Parkinson seems like he is the better all-around player of those two. Even though he was the fourth-round pick and Noah Fant was the first-rounder, Fant's got the athleticism edge in terms of 40 time. But you look across the board, Parkinson's got the size. 
He has a lot of other athletic metrics where he stacks up very favorably, very soft hands, doesn't typically drop passes. He's got that oversized receiver skill set, and yet he was a top 15 run blocking tight end in the NFL this year, according to Pro Football Focus. I think he turned on the tape. How many times did we see Colby Parkinson make really nice blocks in the run game? He has not only improved in that area, it's become something that he really relishes. You can tell that he enjoys getting after it as a blocker. So I think in this Ryan Grubb offense, with those blocking skills, the fact that he's only 25 and he could still get better in that department and he hasn't reached anywhere close to his potential as a receiver, I think this scheme might be a really good fit for him. So it really boils down like all free agents what price point is. If it's over $6 million per year, I'm saying pass. But if you can get him on a couple-year deal that is in that 3 to $4 million range, maybe with some incentives, and he likes playing in Seattle, that could end up being one of those bargain deals a couple years from now in this offense that I think is going to be better equipped and better suited for tight ends to be able to have consistent production in the passing game. We shall see. There's a lot of reasons to want Colby Parkinson back, but Given the limited production, as you mentioned, you got to be guarded in terms of what kind of contract you are going to be giving him. If other teams are going to be throwing big bucks, this is not a player that I think John Schneider is going to be interested in. He shouldn't be interested in getting in a bidding war with all the other things the Seahawks need to do with their limited cap space this offseason. As always, you can follow me on X and Threads at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rank. Subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, to make sure you don't miss a single episode. When I return tomorrow, I'll be riding solo for our Thursday episode. Going to be diving into our next free agent on the defensive side of the football. Yet another linebacker. Will Devin Bush be back in a Seahawks uniform in 2024? You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and thanks for listening in. Go Hawks.